a belief system is something that we all possess to some extent. We all have those thoughts about the way that the world works and the ways that it should. While some beliefs are easy to explain and justify, others are based entirely on faith. But throughout history, many people have learned that it isn't about what you believe at all. It's about what other people believe about you. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to step away from the world that we know and into one where we'll suspend belief to address a crime that isn't a crime today in many places, but certainly was throughout history. Yes, today we are going to talk about the crime of witchcraft and using it to do terrible, terrible things. Today's episode was recommended by Ghost, who was kind enough to contact me and share that I was not the only one interested in witches and magicians. So, we're going to talk about some famous witches in history and the crimes they were accused of, and, in some cases, sentenced for. While there are plenty of ways to break the law in the woods today, if you go back hundreds of years, few woodland crimes were considered more treacherous than practicing witchcraft. Because, as we all know, the forest is a witch's natural habitat. At least, that's what the stories say. It would be easy to talk about the Salem Witch Trials, but we're going to step out of that a little bit and discuss some more interesting cases. Kind of. Stories where witches were accused of wild crimes that would certainly be a feat indeed. Though practicing witchcraft was decriminalized in Britain and the U.S. in the mid-1700s, before that, being a witch was a very bad and very illegal thing, even if you weren't really one at all. A person could be convicted with no evidence, just accusations and stories. For a while there, being a woman with any kind of enemy was a very dangerous game. Something interesting about the world is that we don't often think of laws as having an origin unless we strap someone's name on them. But for every kind of crime, there has always been a historical first. For Ireland, that first was Alice Keitler, a woman who, from what I read, was very likely taken down because she was entirely too powerful while having the misfortune of being born a woman in 1263. Yeah, this is an old story, but if she wasn't an innocent woman with too much wealth and power, she was definitely poisoning her husbands. But we'll get into that. Alice was an unusual woman. Strong-willed, interesting, and really good with men. In her lifetime, at least as far as the records go, she had four husbands. Three of them died under sudden, unusual circumstances. Her last recorded husband died under unusual circumstances, but he accused her of poisoning him. Then, basically every stepchild she had from every single marriage accused her of being a witch. And as you can imagine, that didn't go well for her. 
it seems pretty obvious that to have four husbands suddenly fall ill and die is a little suspicious. It reminds me of a quote from The Importance of Being Earnest, which is pure comedy gold just for the record, but there's a character who is an orphan, and when another character is asking about his mother and father and learns that they are both gone, this woman looks at him and says, to lose one may be regarded as a misfortune. To lose two looks like carelessness. Four husbands with four abrupt deaths. It's definitely cause for concern. I think that there is a very real chance that she was poisoning her husbands, but that wasn't really what they were charging her for. They were accusing her of a lot of crimes being conducted in the shadows out in nature. It was a long list, including devil worship, animal sacrifice, having sexual relations with demons, bewitching and killing men to gain their wealth, creating poisonous powders, and, my personal favorite offered by Wikipedia, asking demons for advice on witchcraft. Now, Personally, I think a witch that is humble enough to work with a mentor to improve her craft should be celebrated, but they clearly didn't see it that way. Unfortunately, they tortured one of her servants to gain the evidence that she was a witch. And this woman, just like all torture victims, just admitted that it was true. She was then burned at the stake while Alice fled the country with the woman's daughter. Alison Device was one woman listed in the not-quite-as-famous Pendle Witch Trials. Her family and one other family in the area were really not on the best terms. In fact, they basically single-handedly fueled the rumors about their own witchcraft practices by making a ton of accusations against each other. See... When you work as a healer, the best way to secure business is to say that the other person is actually just a wicked witch. And let's just say things got complicated. One day, Allison was making her way to a local forest, presumably to collect some herbs or check some traps or something. On her way, she came across a local peddler known as John Law. This was fortunate for Allison because he was selling pins, and apparently it was very well known that metal pins were quite useful for witchcraft. The stories vary about what happened, but two things seem very clear. She wanted the pins, and he did not want to give them to her. Some versions say that she was trying to get pins for free, Others say that he simply refused to sell them because he didn't want to aid in witchcraft or because it was too inconvenient to get him out of his bag. But they had a dispute. John did not give her the pins, and a few minutes later, he suffered a stroke. And this is where things get pretty interesting. You would assume that the Law family ran to the world crying witch, but that actually isn't the case. In reality, Allison was so convinced that her magical powers caused John Law's stroke that she actually confessed to the crime. When she got called in for questioning, she confessed to even more crimes. Nothing major, just like 
selling her soul to the devil and bewitching children and stuff. And because they were already figuring out one witch situation, the locals became interested in the other family too. And Allison saw an opportunity in this. If she was going down for being a witch, she wasn't going down alone. She made her own accusations against a member of the enemy family, accusing her of using witchcraft to murder innocent men and extort families for goods. In the end, both women confessed to using magic for evil purposes, and it really seems that they believed in their crimes. Surprisingly, I can't find any historical record of whether or not they were actually doing magic. But following their confessions, each of the women were found guilty, and they weren't the only ones in town either, just very likely the pettiest among them. Now, I know that we said that we were going to focus on cases that weren't the Salem Witch Trials, but for this one, we need to talk about some crimes that were related to the Salem Witch Trials. Look, I love The Crucible as much as the next person, and you can pretty much sell me on any retelling of the Salem Witch Trials, but there's more to those witch trials than the accusations and hangings. Not every person who was accused died for engaging in witchcraft. Some people went on to commit more crimes by fleeing their accusers and others by helping the accused to escape. Now, we're going to talk about the Salem Witch Caves. For as long as groups of people have been charged for the simple crime of existing or for crimes that they really didn't commit, systems have been in place to help them escape. We've seen this multiple times throughout history. A group gets targeted and some people, if only a few, seek out ways to help them escape before they're killed for their crimes. And some historians believe that this happened in Salem. When accusations started flying, some people started fleeing and they actually managed to escape. Basically, they ran out into the woods and tucked themselves away in caves while they waited out the religious hysteria plaguing their towns. No one knows how many women fled to live in these caves, turning nature's greatest shelter into a temporary home, but it is believed that they weren't all alone. Sarah Bridges Clays, one of the accused, is believed to have escaped jail and then fled into the woods with her husband. We don't know how long these women and their loved ones stayed there, but we do know that they likely stayed there through the winter, and I have to assume that was really difficult. There's a good chance that many of them could have died, but I guess if your options are dying in a cave in the forest or dying after being tortured in front of your neighbors, it's a pretty easy choice to make. After society calmed down and stopped hunting them, at least for this specific crime, it is believed that the women returned to society, though probably not back to Salem specifically. Even though their lives might no longer have been in danger legally, I have to assume that your hometown just doesn't hit the same after your neighbors have tortured you, killed your friends, and tried to kill you. 
For your reference, historians say that throughout history, it is likely that about 60,000 people were both tried and executed for witchcraft, and something tells me that number is actually a lot higher in reality. In Salem, 25 people were killed in total. One person was crushed to death. Five died in prison after being tortured and subjected to a variety of horrors, likely while being neglected as well. And 19 were sentenced to death by hanging. So, yeah, I think I get the whole choosing to hide in the caves thing. Now, the fact that we have, at least in some places, transitioned from murdering people over baseless witchcraft accusations to creating a society where I, as a young girl, could enjoy the most high-quality spell books that Barnes & Noble had to offer is certainly something. And I'm happy to see witchy young women having the option to just make really interesting Instagram accounts instead of being burned at the stake or forced to live in caves. But a part of me will always hope that there is a little magic in the world, and I will always wonder if maybe... Just maybe, there's a chance that a few of these people really did choose to use it for evil. Because if witches are real, you can guarantee that there are at least a few bad ones. So, if you want to discuss spooky spells, exciting enchantments, or perilous potions, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at thatpod. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.